Welcome to But Why Though, the podcast, a roundtable conversation about all things pop culture with members of the But Why Though writing staff. I'm your host, Alex, and I'm joined this week by Kate. Hi. And Jason. Hello. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about time and how there's just not enough of it for the media-saturated world that we live in and, like, strategies and coping and all that stuff. But first, let's talk about the news. There's always a lot going on in pop culture. We're going to zero in on just a few things this episode. Uh, first up is Barbie crossed a billion dollars, and this feels like a big deal, right? Yeah, and I think, like, one of the reasons it is a big deal, because, and it, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the only solo female directed film I think to so. do that right Pretty sure, yeah. yes like there there were co-directed ones like like frozen and stuff uh i think frozen captain marvel but this is the one that is solely like she is just the director yeah. i think it's also the first non-sequel to have to hit a billion dollars mm-hmm. in like mm. over a decade i forget exactly how long but it, it, in a long time yeah and that, that feels like a feat to be something that is new and getting people that excited instead of, you know, like being something that is built on five other movies or 10 other movies, but you just genuinely got people in the door and that pumped about it. And that it was good enough to like warrant it past the first weekend. Cause I feel like yeah. a lot of new stuff gets that, that first opening weekend and then the drop off the next week is insane. I had a harder time getting tickets for Barbie than I have for any Marvel movie in like, since Endgame, I guess, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I, this is probably the first time that I struggled getting a ticket to watch something in a theater. Like, we had to go to mm-hmm. the theater in the mall of our city <laughs> to get tickets so that we could go see it together. And that yeah. was, that was a, crazy to me. I live across the street from a theater and it was sold out every single day of the week, every single showing for like at least three weeks. And that, has I, I go to that theater and I'm the only person in a, in a room half the time. Like, it's it was quite something. When I went to see TMNT at one point, like on a Wednesday night in downtown Washington, D.C., the enti- like three weeks after Barbie had already come out, there were still hordes of people coming in to see it, all dressed in pink, all ages, coming down the escalators, waving hi Barbie at each mm-hmm. other, like literally weeks after it had come out. It was incredible well and i think that that's like the cool thing about it because like when we went it was me and three of my of of my friends and all of us dressed up in pink two of them one wore a pink power suit to work the other one (laughs) wore uh like rhinestoned pink sneakers to work and then changed into her like pink like leopard print like workout thing and um it was one of those things where it was like us we're women in our 30s and then we saw like teens and then we saw Mm -hmm. like this group of really old ladies yeah really old yeah also in pink and it's just kind (laughs) of like there was a unifying uniform there was a unifying sense of like this is an event, but I think what felt different was that it wasn't an event for me and, like, the other people. Mm-hmm. Like, me and my friends made an event. Like, that was our first girls' night that we've, like, ever done because we're all part of, like, a couple group. Or, like, mm-hmm. my, my couple friend group. But we And so we usually do stuff with, with the guys, too. We're like, nah, this is for us. <laughs> <laughs> they are not Kenuff tonight. Yes, they are not Kenuff. <laughs> I don't remember, like, I mean, outside of, you know, I guess, like, the Marvel stuff, but the last time that a movie felt like it was so truly all ages, like, with what you just described, where it's, like, literally everybody wants to see this and is going to see this. And so, yeah, that's just really exciting. Well, Um, and I I would argue the the Marvel stuff doesn't even feel all ages anymore. It It doesn't, no. It feels like it's scattershotting age groups instead of truly being designed to be all ages. Last time I saw teenagers at the movie theater was to see uh, the Minions movie because they were all dressed up in their suits oh. for tic- oh, you know, for TikTok. Right, right, right. I forgot <laughs> about the, the meme. meme. And that's the last time I saw yeah. teenagers at a theater. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I with Marvel, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy 3 finally uh, this weekend, and I did really like it, but the whole time I just kept like leaning over to my wife and going, people brought their children to this? Like... That movie was not for kids at all, and the ratings said so. Like it was, a, like it was a PG thirteen movie, but just like things kept happening where I was like, someone brought their child into a theater to see this. I mean, that's a problem 
you generally yeah i was gonna be like <laughs> it was gonna be like you and the i the the imdb parent review score also agrees like I, yeah i was just watching i'm just like okay so there's animal torture there's death there's like trauma there like there's all these like super heavy huge things like watching a group fall apart and like all this stuff i'm like and someone just like brought their child and being like it's the funny talking raccoon movie and like no not this time all that is to say happy billion barbie you're yeah happy billion it's like uh i was gonna say it's like when um theaters had to put up the signs that are like hey deadpool isn't for kids like sorry yeah um but yeah barbie is for kids barbie is for everyone um and then another movie that came out that is uh everything that i hear about it is great i have not personally seen it yet blue beetle definitely not gonna make a billion not gonna hit a billion but also when was the last time dc hit a billion let's be real Uh, oh blue beetle so two things i have a really dope interview with um angel manuel soto on the website Mm -hmm. it was really good he got to talk about the core of latino resiliency um and also if you read his answers and actually if you watch the video we have up on our youtube you can see where he is in my opinion talking about how much he had to push back to make sure that the Latinidad of Jaime stayed in that um, one of the things that I I think is actually going to impact Latinos going to go see it is the fact that all the marketing makes it pan-Latin. And Mm -hmm. we do not like the pan-Latin trope at all. Mm -hmm. Say what we are. Um, And if you are worried about that area and you're listening to this, uh, it is a very Mexican movie. Like, I... Yeah. <laughs> very, oh, very oh Mexican. but the mark okay, so the marketing, so the marketing got it wrong. The movie wrong. is self committed. Yeah, the movie itself committed and after talking to Angel, it was very clear that like he wasn't going to let go of that. So mm-hmm. there you go. Um also I just this is not a summer to release a movie with a new hero that nobody knows and from a failing property line. So I get that, yeah. DC DC is in a weird spot right now. Last bit of news, strike is still going strong. We are still supporting the strike. There's also now this complication of like a hurricane. And so if you can donate to the hurricane relief, if you can donate to uh, the, and what's the fund called again? Is it the- um, uh, The entertainment fund? Entertainment fund, that's right. Um, I was gonna say entertainers and that felt wrong. But yeah, the entertainment fund would be huge to donate to, like um, keep these people supported, going strong. like. They make the content that you like, not the executives, and they are the ones who need our support right now. You know, I've been seeing this week especially a lot of uh, news about shows that have been canceled that were in production already and companies saying, it's because of the strikes. It's not because of the strikes. It's because of corporate greed. Don't listen to them. Yeah. It is never the strikers' fault. I mean, it's, you know... It's like pausing the game and then somebody just turning off your console and it's like, hey, it was paused. Like, we didn't need to turn off the console. Like, you took this a step further and then said it was my fault for pausing. Also, Um, if you want to blame the strikes, why are the strikes happening? Corporate greed. Like, just just take the through line. Just follow the line of logic. It's what caused the strikes that is causing all of this. Exactly. Anytime someone says it's because of the strikes, just look at why are they striking? Like Kate said, every single time, that's what you have to look back at. Yeah. Well, um, we're over 100 days, so... We are. It's officially longer than the 2007 strike. Oh, yeah. Did it come from Deadline or Variety? Right. If so, which, throw it Which out. source did it come from? <laughs> oh, if yeah. it's from a trade, it's probably a corporate plant, and you shouldn't listen to that either. Yep. Because yep. uh, specifically, if you're interested in the nitty-gritty, is it it's Variety is owned by a company that owns or is affiliated with the AMPTP. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are a mouthpiece. Like, they are not to and be trusted. And Deadline is owned by the same group, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, listen to the strike captains, listen to the strikers, ignore those so- other sources. Uh, but yeah, support the strike. And now, moving on to the main event, time and media consumption and saturation. Uh, let's get into it. So I guess, uh, Kate, this was your idea. Was there anything specific that inspired it? Um, I, oh, Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate 3 is what, <laughs> is what inspired okay. it. So if you don't know what Baldur's Gate 3 is, it is the long-awaited threequel. What's the word for a third one? I think threequel. 
Okay. Maybe. The sure. long-awaited yeah. threequel to the Baldur's Gate series. Uh, it's based on Dungeons and Dragons. It plays just that way. But the biggest thing here is that it's made by Larian Studios, which is an independent studio, and it is it's gonna get Game of the Year, like hands down. Um, it's extremely immersive. It's beautiful to look at. You can romance everybody. Everybody is very horny all of the time in that game. It's very interesting. <laughs> I've seen the clips. Um, but it's like over 300 hours of playtime. And mm-hmm. everybody kept telling uh, me and my husband, Matt, you uh, like, y'all should play this. Y'all should play this. Y'all like RPGs. Y'all should play this. And there's co-op. And it was just the, I would love to play Baldur's Gate 3, but nowhere in my like time as an adult human with a job and moonlighting as somebody who writes reviews can mm-hmm. i find 300 hours of my time you'll be playing it for the next two years yeah to, like, like actually explore yeah and then and that's why i don't do it and then uh tears of the kingdom same thing i i don't have that time and mm-hmm. so we started talking on like a late night walk uh, just about like well where are we gonna find this time to play these new games because i genuinely don't understand how people are playing new games anymore because we still haven't like final fantasy 14 just released new content we just had Mm -hmm. you know they're coming out so quickly and they're so long which like okay cool if i spend 70 bucks on something i want it to be meaty it's just hard. Um, and then you have yeah. some companies like Ubisoft moving away from that trend from their previously like 100, 200 hour mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed model into something that's going to be more streamlined. And so I, it was just more of like a confusion and also like a little bit of FOMO of just like, I want to play that's these such a big things. Part of it. I want to watch these things. Like I started One Piece when I got back from AX. I'm still on episode 70 because I had a film festival and couldn't go do anything else. Yeah. So that that that's really what started it. Okay. It was just kind of like the feeling of overwhelm of yeah. the stuff do you, you like, want to love. Do you feel like video games are where you feel it most? Yeah, I would I would say video games are where I feel it most only because um, I constantly have to have something on. So I'm usually always watching something. Mm-hmm. Um, but then games are like, I got to sit down, do yeah. this. And games yeah, steal and I, everything else. Games, I think, are that's the big trade off for me is, you know, for me, I'm at this point in my you know experience with video games where the sweet spot is five to 20 hours. And anything that falls outside of that is like either maybe not worth having started or this is getting longer because I start thinking about how many other games I could have played. Um, and granted, there are the occasional games that come out and break that. Like um, Tears of the Kingdom did it. Red Dead Redemption 2 did it. Like there are these big games that I've been like, hell yeah, I'm doing this. But then it's also like, I played that game for four months or I played that game for, you know, for five months before I finished it. Um, and cool. I got my money out of it, but also, you know, it took forever to get through it. Um, so then seeing people who are like, yeah, I beat Baldur's gate already. And you do the math and it's like, that was 40 hours a day that you, you know, like you, cool. you played too much. And that's the other thing too, though, is like, so say, so like my long game is final fantasy 14. They're always going to mm-hmm. release a new patch. I'm always going to invest more time in it. I have, well, I have a lot of time. Um, and that's an MMO, so it's always going to get updated. But I guess the thing for me is, like, when I view that really long game, it's like, well, I'm never going to finish it, or I'm going to have to forsake all the other time I would spend playing that game, or mm-hmm. all that time I would spend playing other games, I now have to forsake to whittle away at this monster of yeah. of, of a runtime game um so I, I genuinely don't understand how people have multiple games going at once that are this big or even just picking up the new stuff that comes out because starfield's about to come out and starfield is like it, it's no man's sky on steroids for the most yeah. part when it comes to expansive universe and so it, it's just overwhelming yeah and it's, I mean, and that's going to be another one where it's like you see people blasting through it in a week or two weeks, and it's like, I don't understand. Like, there's so many other things going on. Yeah. I wish that I was a teen again, where I didn't <laughs> have to worry about making money and paying my own bills. That's, right. that's exactly or what I'm Or at least, like, about. a 20-year-old who who can not sleep 
I feel like that's the other thing where I get like I used to play a lot more than I do and it was because it was like oh yeah I was going to bed at like one two in the morning and then waking up at six and getting to work and that doesn't feel good anymore yeah that's exactly what I'm thinking about um, the last time I I used to I never I've never been someone that played MMOs but I certainly used to at least play like bigger RPGs um mm-hmm. at least on my own and like I think the last time I played anything close to a bigger RPG was Final Fantasy 15 and even that's like not it's a lot of hours but it's not like a huge expansive RPG it's just, it's still more linear mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that was years ago like I I, I still play games yeah. fairly fairly regularly but like yeah that's why I've always gra- like have loved the the Ubisoft kind of games cuz they're they might be big and and long but they're expand they're they're linear for the most part or they're like very specifically mm-hmm. objective based so it's like I can go take that tower and then turn it back off like um I played like yeah. the other the other week I had time off and I played like 7 hours of Civ 6 straight and that was like by the time I was done, I was like, this feels awful. I just spent the whole day playing one game of Civilization by myself, and that was my whole day. <laughs> like, yeah, Starfield's coming out. I'm yeah. like, it's the first, I think it's going to be the first game that I, like, first RPG I pick up in a long time, but I'm only picking it up because it happens to be coming out around a time where I'm going to have some days off <laughs> and, like, can can play it. Yeah. And and because it's on Game Pass, yeah, I feel like if it, if I had to pay seventy bucks for it, I would not be picking it up. Mm, that's true. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like the other thing, at least with games, is I need a window to like on ramp myself. If I only have like an hour to play a game, I don't want to pick up something new and get started because it's like, am I even gonna get into it? Am I even gonna finish the tutorial? Right. That was my thing with um with with Zelda recently partially i wasn't a huge fan of breath of the wild so i was hesitant to pick up uh tears of the kingdom in the first place but i told myself i had a two-week vacation recently and i told myself i was going to get tears of the kingdom and play it during my during my vacation i absolutely never picked it up because i was like i I might pick it up now and play it during my vacation but then when vacation's over what am i going to do not not finish it or and and that just didn't feel worth the investment of starting it and getting into it to only then to stop having the time (laughs) and like a lot of my Mm -hmm. friends who who put 300 hours into it it's because they are in like grad school and had 300 hours during the summer to play it (laughs) yeah totally and i think that that's one of the things with not just with games but also with um, with movies, with shows and everything, it's not just that there's more content now, it's that all of it's getting longer. Um, and it's just getting harder and harder to negotiate where someone's like, oh, this show's only 10 episodes. And then you go look and it's like, and they're all 50 to 70 minutes long. Like it's still a full normal season of TV, if not more. No, I, I stopped and watching all TV. I think about, well, so like, I love K-dramas. They're mm-hmm. one of my favorite. Like, I love Korean dramas. I love every genre of Korean drama. Um, however, so right now, the ones that are really big are, like, the more, like, thriller action 10 episodes in out. Mm-hmm. What I came into K-dramas with and kind of, like, that traditional factor, I'm talking hour and a half episode. And there That's are 22 episodes. 22 episodes with so an no MCU's worth. and and they range from being 45 minutes to an hour and a half an hour 20 hour 10 and i like mr sunshine's a really good example of this it's a fantastic show i binged it i was also sick i don't remember it was like a it was a while ago it was like a 2019 maybe mm-hmm. very 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 early 2020 I was sick, couldn't move, and then, oh, I got into my car accident, and I couldn't leave my bed, and I oh. just watched it, and that's how I did it, and I, I have so many K-dramas that I have started since then, and if I'm not reviewing them, I haven't watched, I haven't finished them, because they're 16 episodes, and the episode runtime is between 45 minutes to an hour and a half, and... Yeah. It sucks. Well, now, here's a question. Do K-dramas, as someone who hasn't watched them, do they have the same issue as a lot of modern streaming shows where they also don't get good for six hours? 
no, no, no. Uh, okay. So, so like these. So types... they do at least on ramp you right away and get you into it. Yeah. So like these types of K dramas are really built on like the the, the drama part of it. Most of them okay. are adapted from webtoons, um, and the way that they work essentially is that they have so many like ups and downs. Somebody usually gets kidnapped. Like every. Every time you think you're going to check out, you get something else to keep you invested. Um, and, and they're usually like you get the premise right from the start and you can usually just keep moving with it that way. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't think I've watched a season of television that wasn't that I wasn't paid for since like the second season of Mandalorian because I I just <laughs> And and granted, I can watch four movies in a day, but but I like there's something about the time investment of watching a continuous episodic thing that just my brain goes, I can't do eight hours of one story. I need it to be eight hours of eight individual stories that have stops and finishes and like that I can, yeah. I don't know what it is. And that is it's, paced for you with a release schedule. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's a mental block, obviously, to a degree. But, like, mm-hmm. I, I simply Whoa. cannot keep up with television concurrently. Like, it's just, I'm like, it's it's too much of an investment to say I'm going to watch this thing once a week every week for eight weeks or to say I'm going to watch these eight episodes in a week to, to be caught up on what everyone's talking Whoa. about. Just, like, can't do it can't get myself there and i think that like i think for me like that's why i still prefer the binge model to things especially for things that are like eight to ten episodes because that's a day for me and so like those mm-hmm. aren't intimidating i know that i'll put it on and then i'm i'm good to go i'll watch it all in one sitting um and then i can go about my day and it's kind of out but if it's like a 16 episode weekly release that's too like that's too much dedication. I'm gonna fall off somewhere. Maybe one week I miss one. And I think for me, like I I I think that I, I don't like that seasons have gotten shorter personally, but that's just because I I like longer things because you you have that element to just put it on in the background and like keep going going on with your day and like that type of stuff. Um that said I, like I would take a 22 dropped all at once and I would go through it. But like when you separate it from me, I just kind of check out because it's kind of like Hmm. you have to give it to me all at once so I can give you my attention right here and now because there's so much stuff coming out. Otherwise, I can't spread you over a three month span. Yeah, interesting. If that makes sense. Because like it's a long game that's hard for me. I need to just just in and out. To me, the long game is, depending on the show, more approachable. I feel like for me, there's just an added stress when it's like all 10 episodes came out on Friday. All Everyone that you know is going to be talking about it by Sunday and have finished it. And if you don't finish it, you're behind and you're out of the loop. Well, you see, when you don't have regular friends that you just that you discuss TV for, it becomes a personal <laughs> excursion. That's because I, I so when I and I, I do wonder if that's also one of the things that contributes to like different pieces of anxiety. So like for like Baldur's Gate or like other things, I would say I talk to more friends, quote unquote friends, about video games than I do about TV, like all of our water cooler conversation, whatever, it's about video games. Like I work at a game studio. Mm -hmm. That's all we talk about. Like sometimes we bring up TV, but like everybody's talking about what they're playing, what they're playing through. They're making references to Mm -hmm. it, like that type of stuff. Um, Whereas for me, like I don't feel the urgency because I don't, I'm tired of listening to people's opinions about TV and film. So (laughs) I I just, I, (laughs) I, I actively want to avoid talking to people about it. Thus I don't feel any pressure to that's fair to watch it (laughs) so i think think that that piece of anxiety comes from like do you want to talk to people about it or do you not yeah well and i think for me it's also the how curated is your uh like social media feeds and is it going to get spoiled for you if you don't burn through all of it immediately like because i've noticed there are some shows where people are very respectful and don't spoil anything and then there's others where I'm like, oh, I saw like season finale spoilers the day that the season dropped because for whatever reason on this show, people did not care. 
Mm, yeah. Okay, that's fair. But also, maybe that's this fair. is just me, but I feel like since the collapse of Twitter, it hasn't even mattered anymore. Like It's been I, a I way less simply, of a problem. Yeah. Like, people aren't out here live-tweeting television anymore. People aren't, like... I don't mm-hmm. even. I don't feel like even like. I mean. I mean. I guess this happened with Succession, where that was all that people were talking about on Twitter. That but, was the last show I yes. can think of. But even. Yeah. But beyond beyond that, most of the time, I feel like uh, I just don't see the same level of. Uh, and even with Succession, mm-hmm. though, it's a difference between people memeing the heck out of the thing versus actually discussing it's not game of thrones it's not game of thrones yeah Mm. like game of thrones was live tweeting directly right there and then if you didn't watch it when it was on you were gonna get spoiled because that was like Mm -hmm. game of thrones was the first foyer into live action or not live action live tweeting and it stayed with that consistently across the seasons and when house of the dragon came back it also kept up that that cultural touchstone of like talking about it immediately I don't yeah. think anything's really replicated it since that first season of House of the Dragon aired. And then, like, after that, because you're right, like, memeing, memeing is different than talking. Yeah. Um, I and know I feel all like everything, even Star succession. Wars, has been memeing it. Yeah. <clears throat> although, season, although, episode, what was it, four of the last season of Succession certainly got spoiled the instant that it aired. That That's, uh. Oh, yeah. That's no doubt. But, yeah, it just, it, something just feels different in the collapse of Twitter times that, that, there's not quite the urgency of you must have seen this movie, must have seen this episode, must have played this game or else you will be mm-hmm. completely out of the loop because there is no more loop because it's been destroyed. That's true. Yeah. Um, what are, uh, <clears throat> so, or so I guess, so Kate feels it most with, uh, with games. I feel it a lot with like TV and movies. Jason, where do you feel this? Like you got to stay current pressure. Um, me, it's, mostly probably in the like in the movies side of side of things partially because my friend group is a very much we watch a lot of movies and so if you like haven't seen the thing that everyone's watching this week then we can't talk about it or everyone else can but you can't and then i'm like well that's no fun Mm -hmm. so i gotta go watch it as soon as i can so that we could all talk about it (laughs) um because like Gotcha. We, yeah. we all, like, there's certain things that we'll see together, and so that we, like, then we'll just talk about it all night right after. But a lot of things we won't because we live in different parts of the city or we just have different work schedules. So it's, like, mm-hmm. literally just waiting to see when they saw it, when they checked it off on Letterboxd to know that we can, <laughs> can talk about it the next time we're hanging out. Yeah. Otherwise, it's, like, it's, like, a, it's a painful process of... Man, when are you gonna when are you gonna see Oppenheimer already? Like, and there's and it, and we're the kind of people that like do watch literally everything that comes out. So it's it's not just about the Marvel movies that we do tend to see at the same time. Like mm-hmm. it's you know did you see did you see passages yet? <laughs> like did you see whatever the 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 indie movies are that are coming up week to week too? And and mm-hmm. we all have AMC. Uh, whatever they call it, the past where you can see three movies a week. And like, so we all do watch a lot of movies. And when you're, you know, a busy person who has three jobs, like I do, who also has, you know, stuff to stuff to review for the site instead of watching the thing I want to watch sometimes, or, you know, you've got other stuff you want to do besides stare at a screen every once in a while. It it's, yeah, especially because like, I, I like indie movies and, and foreign film and stuff, and they're only in theaters for so long, a lot of those kind of movies especially, or they're only yeah. playing in specific theater at specific times, so it becomes a, like a, a literally a puzzle that I play with myself on a weekly mm-hmm. basis of like, okay, AMC app, which ones are playing at the one across the street from me, which ones are by the Wegmans so that I can go to yeah. do my grocery shopping after I see this movie that's only over there, and which ones are playing at the Angelica where I can go after work be, but have to pay $16 because it's the Angelica. <laughs> It's like, can I get there on a Tuesday yeah. when it's fifty well, percent off? And it's, it's like, and I enjoy the game yeah. of it. I do, and like we all have fun with with the fact that we, mm-hmm. you know, aren't always caught up with the same things as each other. But it still has that sense of pressure sometimes to like let's make to to make sure that I've seen the thing that I want to actually talk to my friends yeah. about. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I do I do want to ask too, like from a critic perspective, like being critics, I think that that's what overwhelms me the most. Like I'm usually chill about film. I only watch the things I want to watch. I skip the things I don't mm-hmm. want to watch because I just life's too short to watch something you know you're gonna hate. <laughs> right. And to be clear, um, I same. <laughs> but there's just a lot of things I yeah. like. <laughs> but the difference is, is because I vote come for your consideration season i have to watch the pile of things i've avoided for the rest of the for the past like my back yeah. half of the year is watching everything else everything that i ignored yeah um mm. for like and willfully ignored and i think that when you look at media when you do media as your job i think it's really hard to keep a sense of like without like how do i explain it when you view when you when you do media as your job versus something that kind of like fills your cup or like brings you joy like it's Mm -hmm. very hard for it to do both a lot like and i don't say a lot of the times but it's hard for it to do both at certain points and i think for me like by the end of the year i hate watching movies because i'm just like that's all i'm doing but I'm, I'm doing it with stuff that was never meant for me in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, that's what gets really hard because I have to watch it. And so you have the pressure to watch it. But then any joy is just kind of gone. And I think because we've gotten into a space where now there is just so much media is, like, the pockets of being able to find the joy that I want. Mm-hmm. I can't find anymore because the back hat, like somewhere I'm either making this and reviewing it and writing it because I have to in the moment, or I'm doing it for some other reason connected to being a critic that it gets, it's still hard. And I think that because there is no break, like it used to be like summer movie season, bunch of movies right here. Okay. November big game month all the games mm-hmm. are there now it feels like every other month is a giant media load oh yeah was that a... there's kind of no reprieve to digest any of the other stuff that you may have missed or even just get to the stuff you want to it feels like there's there's no breathing room anymore yeah well i feel like this last uh, february through like early april is a prime example where usually that's not a big movie season yeah. And we got like the Mario movie and John Wick four and like all just all of these movies coming out that it's like, Oh, actually I do want to see that. And it's like, this is supposed to be yeah. a dead season. This is supposed to be the breathing room. Right. Well, and then yep. in July, I think I went to like seven screenings in three weeks <laughs> and that was just for, oh, that was just yeah. for like media stuff, like press stuff. I probably went to another movie or two for fun at the same time. Cause just, there was, there was Barbenheimer, there was Theater Camp, there was TMNT, there was, I don't even remember what else, but it was just, like, just, it's all, it was all at the same time. And then August came, and I haven't been to the movie since, because I was so exhausted of it, and, like, just, just couldn't, yeah. there's things I want to see, maybe I'll go today, I don't know, it's been weeks, though, since I've been to a movie, and I'm just like, I, I can't. I can't do it right now, I've mm-hmm. been it's... overwhelmed by it, and I need a break. <laughs> and, like, yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, like, where it's also getting into this weird space for me where it's kind of, like, we... I used to go to the movies for fun, and as much as, like, my curmudgeon of a husband, like, doesn't like a lot of things, he would go watch a movie with me because I Mm -hmm. I like watching movies. But I think what's happened more and more is, like, I'm having to watch so many from press screenings and I'm having to, like, just be in there all the time. There are very few times that I go watch a movie just for fun i think we've been able to do it now that we have a friend who really likes going to the movies and so like i think susan may i saw twice because i saw it once at home on the screener and then we went me matt and our friend and then uh barbie i went with my friends after um after i had seen it and then mission impossible which was another one where it was me matt and my friend and i think that like because I have to be in a theater so much by force sometimes, it's kind mm-hmm. of like it's no longer a, it's no longer the, the whatever the Nicole Kidman AMC <laughs> ad for me. It's not a special place. Yeah. It's yeah. a workplace, it's... and 
it, it sucks. That's so interesting, though, because, like, I have the complete opposite. I, I love going to the theater and always have, and, like, I'll do it multiple times a week, whether it's for work and then for fun, literally the same, the next day, the same day, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, not the same day that often, mm-hmm. but, like, I've done it, and, like, but at the other, like, I will not, I'm not someone that likes to just constantly have, like, TV running in the background, not paying attention fully. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I do put on things in the background, but usually they're, they're, it's either, like, YouTube stuff that, like, I'm mostly listening and not watching visually anyway mm-hmm. on purpose. Like, it's stuff that I don't need to be watching. Or it's, like, mm-hmm. I'm cooking and I still have my eyes on it. <laughs> like, or I'm playing a game and still have yeah, my yeah. eyes on it. Where it's, um, so, but, like, I, I still don't, still don't love it all the time. And, like, it, it feels like a chore more than it does where I'm just like, yeah, I love going to the movie theater. <laughs> so, like, I think maybe part of it yeah. is just, like, our personal, what we feel comfortable, how we feel comfortable doing media consumption. <laughs> like, what what feels good. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so, like, I, I do want to ask, like, from the movie perspective, did you grow up going to, like, theaters a lot? Like, is that kind of, like, a core memory for you? It was, like, a special thing to get to do. Like, we didn't go all the time. It was maybe, like, once every couple months which was like, which is obviously still more than plenty of people, but it's, um, it was like a special thing to say, okay, we're going to go to the movies this weekend, um, especially as a kid. And then like, you know, even as a teenager, like I never went by myself as a, as a kid or as a teenager. It was, wasn't until I was like in college and realized I can (laughs) go by myself that I started to a little more, but it was always just Mm -hmm. like, you know, a parent saying let's go to the movies and taking us and it was it was a you know special occasion or going with friends and i I think that that's what i find interesting because like i just like i only go to movies alone because i have to write about them or i do a press screening i hate going to the movie theater alone i i just i don't want to do it and then it's way less fun yeah and then like uh post-covid or post-covid i I don't want to sit next to somebody i don't know i I deeply do not like being physically close to strangers and like i've always been like that in movie theaters and it's like gotten even worse um but like it's why the whole picking your seats is getting is so good yes i will i will only go to a theater that's mostly empty unless it's something that's like huge and i have i really want to see it right now i sit third row on the end like (laughs) third row of every theater i go into i'm glad that we're always an end seat and my Glad friends know this now. Page. Yes, and my friends know this now. And it like I have a friend that I go to press screenings with, and she if she gets there first, she will reserve me. She'll do like fourth or fifth row because she doesn't want to look up, but that's that's fine. But she always gets me an end seat. Um, but that being said, for me, I I, I watched movies at home. Like my family mm-hmm. bought a lot of pirated DVDs from the flea market, and right. so like there was no theatrical experience for me. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I don't think it's special because I think that there are some films, like honestly, anything Tom Cruise has done in like the last five five years, like I, I want to yeah. watch that in a theater. Like he actually make like I hate military propaganda. I was ready <laughs> to like jump in a plane and fight with Tom in Top Gun for some weird reason, um, but. I have never had that same type of connection to movie theaters in a way because mm-hmm. we never had money to go. So like I was like when I was young, it was maybe once for a birthday a year and that mm-hmm. was it. Everything else you just bought from the flea market. And then when I went into high school, it was a big it was always me and like two other friends and we would get there at 10 a.m., we'd watch one movie, and we would just delinquent it up and watch everything else for free and sneak in, and nobody cared. Um, and so, like, that's, like, what we did. And then when I became older, it was just, like, it's this weird, like, I I don't know how to describe that I think theaters are cool, but if I can watch it in my home and go to the restroom when I want to and eat and scream at my TV, like, I prefer yeah. that. And I think that that's, like, that's why I don't do it as much. And because there's so much media out now and there are so many films out now, if I'm getting forced to go do something for review, I the joy, the joyfulness of it is kind of, like, gone even more so. Because it, yeah. it was already a fragile idea of joy. And I, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say that I never valued it. It was just, like, 
it wasn't as protected as I protect other spaces. Like we have an Xbox yeah. in every room of our house because I want to be able to play a video game whenever I can, <laughs> like, <laughs> no matter where I am. Yeah. And I think that like it was just a more fragile piece that when you when it got introduced to me as work, there was no, I didn't protect it at all. And I think that it's yeah. just kind of evaporated now. Um, gotcha. Whereas games, games will always be special because I play them with my husband. Like yeah, they're like I don't definitely. play single player games because it it's just bonding time and it, it's good and relaxing. Um, film isn't that, and I think it's also why I like having TV on because TV is also something I can only do at home. It's only me, and it can constantly yeah. be there. Um, it's it's interesting to see how like different things impact where we guard our time and where we find our joy oh, because totally. I think we're having to make those decisions more and more of mm -hmm. like gun to your head which do you choose movie in a theater or 10 episode <laughs> binge watch <laughs> like yeah that's what it feels like no, absolutely well and it's because it, it's it's always that constant calculus of like well if I do this I can't do this or could I do this and that at the same time and you know, yes, I could watch those two movies in theaters with my friends this week, or I could watch this whole season of a show in the same amount of time. Um, and yeah, so I guess, I guess that brings us to a, a hard to answer question, but like, what's your coping strategy? Like, how do you approach this? Like, I know for me, it's that I'm getting better at saying no to things. Like, even if someone's like, you would love this show, it's like, that's cool and I believe you, but I don't have the 30 hours to commit, so I'm not going to. Um, and like that that's a big part of it. I think the other one is for me, when I think about watching or playing or reading something, I have to ask myself, am I consuming this or considering this? Like, am I doing it for the sake of being in the loop and being a part of the moment, or do I actually want to engage this? Um, because I feel like there's, if more people asked themselves that, they would probably realize that they are consuming more than they're considering. Yeah. Um, I don't have like a good answer to it. I was, I was really intrigued to hear y'all's answers because I think one of the things mm -hmm. that has happened with me is that, and I, I'm in that that stage right now. And and me and Jason, if if nobody knows, like we we do content plans um, for mm -hmm. the site, like choosing what gets covered, that type of stuff. And a lot of the times, like me and Jason pick up a lot of things. Um, but I'm currently in my yearly, my overwhelmingness has snowballed and I'm just mm -hmm. kind of frozen. You know what I've been watching the past week and a half? Weird World War II documentaries and World War I documentaries and now true crime. It's like, because I'm trying to find a way to bleach my brain yeah. to find the joy in other things again. Uh, video yeah. games, like, I just don't, like, I will, we went maybe a month, month and a half without playing anything. We bought Diablo. We didn't play Diablo. Mm -hmm. Now we finally found a game that's like, that that we're we're digging and, and we're playing constantly like slightly addicted it's actually a little bit of a problem but like I, I have to find ways to kind of just wash my brain of the things that yeah. I was doing that's because huge. I just I get stuck like I I've blown a few assignments because like I just can't get myself to watch something and process it and do it like the back mm -hmm. end of my film festival coverage for Fantasia was awful because I, I couldn't make myself do it. And it's almost paralyzing because it's kind of like, these are things I should be excited for. And it, it's now becoming a chore and it happens like every year. Mm -hmm. And now I just have to find a way to bleach the brain. And like, I try to do it with one piece, but like, that's a chore in of itself yeah. because well, I'm never going to reach that, the that's end. Pretty big chore. Like, that's intimidating. <laughs> so let me watch a minute by yeah. minute of Pearl Harbor, I guess, because I, yeah. I don't. <laughs> but this also brings up another issue in all of this we haven't even touched on is like, God forbid you want to engage something old. Yeah. 
Oh my god, like, filling gaps in your memory? I've accepted that I will never be able be a in a, a fucking knowledgeable person on Nintendo cuz I missed that. Yeah. The ship has sailed. I've never beat a Zelda oh, game yeah. and at this point I've accepted that I never will. Well, and like, on the flip side of that, like I've been educating myself on like Sega for probably a year or two and I like I have friends who are like why are you wasting your time with old games? There's so many new games to play. Yeah. And I'm like, but this is new to me. And yeah. so I'm having fun. But it is that thing of like, oh, every time I sit down because I'm like, I'm going to force myself to play through this game or to like read about this or watch this. It's like, well, and now I didn't play that new game because I did this. Yeah. But like for me, it's like I still find myself at peace with it because I'm like, well, I wanted that versus this other thing that I'm being told I should want. But yeah, yeah there is a whole thing of like someone being like, I'm going to go watch through all of this director's filmography. And it's like, well, he hasn't made a movie in 20 years. So... <laughs> you know now you're missing out and i think it's like also i need to give myself the permission not to cover it we're never gonna Ooh, co- like oh yeah. we cover world war ii like movies and stuff but like this old documentary from when the history channel was still about teaching people things it, i don't have to review it mm-hmm. um that's like, for our new podcast i want to talk about it now <laughs> nothing is new it's just things that i want to talk about now that's actually a good podcast idea though I think about it every day. (laughs) (laughs) For, like, I feel like, for me, there's a couple things that I've, like, really actively tried to be doing recently to not get overwhelmed by content and time constraints. I, I, first of all, like, like Kate's talking about, like, I try really hard to be clear about the things that I I have the capacity for when it comes to like working content like things that I'm watching to review Mm -hmm. I really 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 don't have a good time watching TV so I try to really limit the number of TV series that I cover and so like I'll I'll take certain ones that I know I'm gonna like or ones that I know Mm -hmm. that I can like half-heartedly watch because they're trash and not have to put my whole like day's worth of time into see jason's Mm -hmm. review of fake love and sexy beasts (laughs) right like but like actual television that i watch in a given year is limited to like a certain number of things that i know i'm going to enjoy or know that i'm going to have an easy time engaging with even if i might not enjoy it um Mm -hmm. and so it's just like being intentional about it Another thing that I've really tried to do in the recent years is, like, just accept that I don't have to be a completionist about everything, Um, whether that's, Mm. you know... That helps with games a lot. It helps with with games. It helps with everything because games is where it was, like, my biggest problem for a long time. I was... the, The day that I discovered Gamerscore was the day that I stopped having a healthy relationship with video games because I only played games for the sake of getting every single achievement. And it brought me a lot of joy, and I played a lot of games for all kinds of reasons still at the time. But, like, you know, I would, like, choose to only play games on Xbox because if I played the game on Switch, I wasn't getting achievements for it, which, like, (laughs) so silly sometimes. Or just, like, you know, the there's that one achievement that'll take me another 40 hours to get. Is it going to actually like bring me joy to play this game for 40 more hours to get the achievement? Or is it like a total waste of time? Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. And like just trying to have better intuition about this is like really what it comes down to. It's the same with like watching movies for that matter. I have all kinds of lists on Letterboxd that I like to use to like go through different, uh, you know, directors or actors or, or or movements in film to try and like fill in movies that I've never seen which is most of them because I didn't start watching movies until four years ago um but like you know just being able to say actually I'm tired of watching Spike Lee movies right now I've seen 10 of them in the last three weeks I'm gonna take a break yeah. and come back to it later or um like just just being able to have like intuitive intuitive consumption in this way of like I'll mm-hmm. I'll go through a phase of being really excited about watching this kind of thing or playing this kind of playing this game for a while and just like being able to recognize the moment when I'm tired of it and stop and do something else and come back to it later when I'm feeling like coming mm. back to it has been like yeah. a really 
important and helpful thing in being able to manage my my time and my mood and my my everything because like it's gonna just still yeah. be it's still it's gonna like be there later full versus gonna, eating yeah until you can't move like it's still gonna be there later like yeah. <laughs> it's okay if if i started playing whatever or i i started watching agnes varda movies and i only watched three and now i'll come back to them later because criterion's not going away <laughs> like so there's days where i'll like literally spend a half an hour an hour staring at letterbox staring at imdb whatever and being like what should i watch right now and then realizing i clearly don't want to watch anything if i'm still trying to pick something <laughs> there are endless options if oh, i yeah. don't want to if i'm not picking I've one done that. i should no, just stop i've done that where i just scroll through <laughs> I just scroll through Netflix trying to find something that I can watch because I'm just like, no, I have to watch right. something. There must be something for me to like, watch. Like, I'll finally just be like, wait, if I don't feel like watching something, maybe I don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> and like... You almost need to like set a timer and it's like, if I don't yeah. find something in 10 minutes, yeah, like, then I'm not going to find something. I'm definitely... I'm getting, I'm getting better at that specifically. <laughs> like... Yeah. Which, yeah, because I'm, I'm now realizing, going back to Kate's, like, what impacts how you view, I definitely grew up in a house where, like, the TV was constantly on. Yeah. Yes. Like, it was yeah. just, you know, somebody, some, I mean, it, granted, there were four kids and two adults in the house, so it was, like, somebody most likely was wanting to watch something, but, like, there was, the TV was, like, we got home, someone turned it on in, like, ten minutes, and it yeah. stayed on until people went to bed or, like, we had dinner or something, and, like, that... I think shifted. I mean, it's it's been weird then now being an adult where like I don't instinctively turn the TV on anymore unless I want to watch something, but I feel like I should sometimes because that's just like that background noise is what I'm used to. I think podcasts have offset that a little bit for me, and we didn't even talk about podcasts and being current on those as like a part of this, but that's a whole other part of the mess. Yeah. I I think that like one of the other thing, I think one of like the best examples is that I, I grew up in a house with a lot of people too and like the TV constantly on I can't do quiet like I, I, I've tried to meditate it makes me angry like if I am yeah. quiet like I actually get filled with rage and I, yeah. I don't know what to do real Vegeta um, moment yeah <laughs> I just I can't I can't do it like it's just not who I am um, but like growing up like my grandma had the TV turned to like her channel it was the one in the living room, the one in her room, and the one that, like, out in, like, there was this random mm-hmm. room that the TV was just on. Nobody was in there. But if she needed to go in there, she wasn't going to miss her She shows. wanted the show on, yeah. And <laughs> um, because she was very, like, her novella, she was going to watch her novella. She was always going to be current on it. And so something was always going to be on. Like, there was just something, there was always a TV there. Or, like, if my dad was watching um, the Texas Longhorns play, every tv in the house outside of one that you were watching Mm -hmm. when in your room with the volume down and the door closed had to be put on the longhorn game in case he wandered around the house he didn't want to miss a big play um quiet quiet and me don't mix which is funny because like my husband is like come down to like i'll like work downstairs i'll get out of a meeting the tv's off and he's just like sitting with me on the couch and then i turn on the tv he's like why are you what, just like this? quiet with his thoughts <laughs> yeah and he's like no, why'd you turn God. on the tv and i was like well because i need something he's like but no we're just sitting here enjoying each other i was like no no we're not <laughs> you're enjoying the quiet i need i need like an HGTV show on in the background or the Kardashians or something. Yeah. I need I don't have I to I don't have to on. care if they're gonna love it or list it. I just need the noise. <laughs> yes. I will uh, not a sponsor. Not to talk about podcasts themselves, but that is that I was gonna say before, one of the other tools I use to manage my time is using like the podcasts I listen to as like the indicator of what I should consume so that it's like eliminating that the choice and the decision paralysis and just being like well the episode of this yeah. show that I listen to on a weekly basis is is talking about this movie this week or talking about this game this week so I'm gonna watch so that gonna, movie yeah, and then I don't it. have to decide that's what I'm watching right now um, and it's pretty helpful <laughs> that works it's you know or it's, I only you know, listen to news podcasts now hmm <laughs> Like, it's just current events. I've done the opposite. I've shifted to, like, I listen to 99% just, like, nonsense podcasts and media review podcasts. Um, And it's just, like, a way to, like, make my commute go by a little bit faster, make work go by a little bit faster. Um, But, yeah, man, there's just so much stuff out there. We didn't even talk about books or music, really, or comics or manga. I don't read. I just don't read. Well, I guess I read. (laughs) I read manga. I don't read books. 
But I, I will say I specifically read manga that is so trashy it will never be reviewed on our site. And I read it <laughs> at, like, from 1 a.m. to 3 a.m., like a gremlin, and then go to bed. Because uh, it's how I, it's also how I wash my brain. Yeah, That's a decision-making, a decision-making thing I have to do a lot, too, is, like, what am I going to watch that I might have an opinion on and, like, write about? And what am I going to just keep for myself is what I say in my own head as, like... Mm. I'm watching this thing and I'm like, mm, I could write about this, but I'm going to keep it for myself because I want to just enjoy yeah. it and not have to turn it into labor. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a streaming channel that I watch where every now and then people will be like, oh, are you guys going to play this one? And they're like, absolutely not. That is one for me. Like, it's not that we don't think it yeah. would be fun, but like, I want to enjoy it and not be thinking about streaming and audience engagement and all that stuff. I just want to play it. Um, but yeah, I think, are, are there any last thoughts or, or are we done here? Um, I, I know there's my, more, but you know. My only last thought is time is limited, and because the millennials out there are the most in debt with the least options of success, we have all turned our hobbies into monetized bids for some mm-hmm. sort of relevancy and importance in a dying world. And maybe that's not good. I don't have an answer as somebody who <laughs> runs a site that did just that, but. Maybe it's not good. <laughs> two of my th- two of my three jobs are uh, things that are hobbies that were turned into occupations, <laughs> and now it gives me health care. <laughs> and what that's does good, that though. say? Who knows? That's, yeah, that's a nice that's a nice perk. Yeah, um, but yes. Yeah, so, do you guys do you guys have any articles or media that you want to plug? Now that we've talked about how much liking things creates problems in our lives, <laughs> um, I would say. Uh, Go again, go read my interview or watch my interview with um, Angel uh, Manuel Soto. Uh, it was really good. That one feels really special to me. And I, I, I interview a lot of people now. And so it, it's kind of gotten old. But that one felt like something um, soul filling, I guess. Okay. Like that was that was joy. That was good. Um, and then I would say I have a preview up for Palia, which is a cozy MMO where you just build your house, farm, cook, do stuff, but you can do it with other people. And that's really what I'm playing a lot of right now. And I'll be, um, I, I may have by the time this airs a co-op piece on like why it's really good, but, uh, cozy games, they never end and they deal with your hyperfixation very well because why not chop wood for three hours? Uh, when the world is on fire or underwater, depending on what region of climate change you're in. Mm-hmm. So, did you uh, pick up the the cozy game bundle that Humble Bundle just did last month? No. Oh, it was uh, it was good. There I think this. Like... Is, oh, sorry. So this is the other thing. Like I, <laughs> the I hate when people ask me those things because I have to play games for review mm. and that actually limits my choice. So when I find a game, it's usually a larger title that has online multiplayer support because I would rather play something with Matt. Gotcha. Um, and so I know I've never picked up any HIO bundles. I've never picked up any humble bundles and chances are, if it's an indie game, I haven't played it. Um, <laughs> Good to know. Because of content consumption and yes, time. Yes, um, Sorry, that was, I no, came in hot. No, Didn't mean to that, come in no, that, that hot. No, that was good to just know, though. Like that, a... <laughs> I just, if, like, if cozy games are your jam, it was a, it was a decent bundle. Um, yeah. But yeah, and Jason, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, July was Outfest, which is where a lot of my energy has been, or had been during the summer. It's a big uh, LGBTQIA+. Film festival in LA every year, and I had a whole bunch of coverage from that on the site. And I watched a hundred films for it, and then I took a break because that was so many films. Um, That's a so, lot of movies. Yeah, I mean a lot of them are short films to be fair, but it's still a lot. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so go check out some of the the roundups and reviews from that. And uh, I don't know, go take a hike. Get your eyes off a screen. That's what I did yep. last week. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good recommendation. Um, I think for me, what I'm going to recommend is I just got as a surprise gift for my wife, the 
Sega Genesis Mini 2, which is like 60 games from the Sega CD and Sega Genesis library. Um, and just going back into retro games where it's like, oh, this is like kind of fun and goofy. It's going to take me, you know, maybe a few hours to play through this game if I play through it. Also, a lot of those old games, you know, that was the era where cheats were still built into things. And so, like, if it's too hard, there's almost definitely a way for you to cheat and to still have fun <laughs> with it. Um, so, yeah, just like retro games in general. But I, I've been on a deep dive with Sega stuff and it's been really fun. Um, and... Uh, I think that's it. I think that's all I've got. If you guys liked what you heard and you want more, you're in luck because we're kind of everywhere. We are on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, are we on Blue Sky, Kate? Yeah, but like... like Is anyone but, else? Eh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm there, but I... Yeah, I don't know. We're, it's we're all right. there. We are have we a th- there? We, yeah, we have a Threads yes. and we have a Blue Sky... Just know these are the places to look for us when Twitter eventually collapses. Uh, also on Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, uh, we have a Discord that you can join, and we have a Patreon if you want to kick us a few bucks, keep the show going, um, help us do what we do. All of that would be huge, and we would love to hear from you guys. Also, reviews on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Real, real good choice uh, to go leave us one of those. Um, but I think that about does it for this week. Um, you can find me on Twitter at most always Alex Kate. You can find me on Twitter at OhMyMethRandier. It's still the place I'm most active because I'll be there until I literally cannot anymore. All right. And Jason? Yeah, same for better and worse. I'm Flatter (laughs) underscore you. F-L-A-T-T-E-R underscore Y-O-U. All right. Uh, Thank you guys for joining me this week. And thank you guys for listening at home. And we will see you next time. Bye. (laughs) 